Hello, I'm Amanda Steele, Senior Managing Director of CBRE's Asset Services Business in the Pacific. This week, CBRE is celebrating Wellness Week, where we focus on the role that sustainability and wellness plays in shaping the future of the property industry. As part of this initiative, we've launched a new podcast series called Carpool Conversations, where we'll talk to some of the owners, occupiers and industry groups who are leading this agenda. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to have with me David Harrison, Charter Hall's Managing Director and Group CEO, with thanks to Evoke, Australia's first zero-emission luxury chauffeur service. So, David, here we are on this lovely Tesla Model X. Thanks very much for your time today. No problem. So, David, Charter Hall has been an absolute leader in this sustainability space for quite some time and have had some significant achievements. So, can you run us through what the main drivers have been for Charter Hall in embracing sustainability? I guess we have had a focus on three sets of stakeholders, our two sets of customers being our investors and our tenants, and the third set of stakeholders being our people. Mm. So given that we're essentially a provider of workplace accommodation for our tenants, whether it's in office buildings, industrial, shopping centres, we've never lost focus that we're also providing a safe and hopefully vibrant environment in the workplace for our people. Yeah, beautiful. So we, some years ago, in focusing on how do we align our priorities with as much focus on our customers as as our people Mm. without overbearing one way or the other. Because obviously we exist because we have shareholders and they want to return, but we were very focused on creating an environment for our people. And and I've sort of grown two businesses from both of them, from very, very small numbers of people in yeah. sort of 10 to 15 to, you know, sort of 850 in the last organisation I grew and then left, and then this one's obviously nearly 500 people now. So to grow people businesses, because yeah. I never lose sight of the fact we're a service provider, yeah. we're a service provider to our customers, um, you need to have a balance of those priorities. And I think one of the things that really resonated with our, particularly with our investors, mm. was the fact that we were equally focused on creating a safe environment, mm. focused on a healthy environment for mm. our, our people, very focused on career path, executive rotation, yeah. diversity, you know, trying to create an environment where people not only have to come to work, but they actually want to come to work. Yeah. And We've still got a way to go, but I think we've threaded that priority or those competing priorities among stakeholders Mm. pretty well. And the facts are that we're still attracting capital from our customers, we're attracting talent, and that is all sort of helping us to sort of shape our priorities. But as I said, it's a bit like technology. Every new week or month there's something that we haven't thought of that we need to embrace. Yeah, for sure. And do you think you've been rewarded? Do you think the shareholders are rewarding you and your tenants and your people are rewarding you for that commitment to sustainability? Look, I I don't think you actually can tangibly measure Mm. whether they're rewarding you. Um, I think anecdotally, certainly our super fund wholesale investors are all over ESG, Mm. our listed investors tell us that where they get their capital, which are the same super funds, they're big priorities. So now some of our listed investors are specifically interviewing people like our head of people, Brandon Community, Natalie, our head of technology, Aidan Coleman, and saying that they want to drill down into the workplace psyche 
rather than just listen to the, the sector heads or the CEO or the CFO or That's the That's a big CIO. shift, isn't it? That's a big yep. shift from 10 years ago. You wouldn't have been asked those kind of questions. Well, we had a, a global asset consultant in yesterday and out of the three hours that they set aside to interview all of our people, yep. half of that time was spent on ESG. Wow, that's interesting, so isn't it? I think shift. it is changing and I think it's it's not just a ticker box exercise mm. for our investors and our asset consultants. It's They are trying to, for their clients, mm. sculpture an image of what a first-class, best-of-breed investment manager looks like, yeah. whether it's Australian, yeah, right. US, European, and that's the challenge that they're confronting at the moment and it's a, clearly a challenge for mm. investment managers if you don't meet the standards they're looking for, you're not going to get any capital. Yeah, for sure. And with your people, your employees, I think you have one of the nicest workspaces that I've been in in Australia. It's a very open, it feels very fresh and new. Is there a big focus on sustainability and wellness in that space? Yeah, look, I think the team did a fantastic job in creating what most of our customers, when they come into our, our Sydney head office, call energy. There's an energy when you walk into our reception because of its proximity to our deck, our town hall area, the kitchen bench being the centre of essentially our workplace home, just like it is the centre of a a normal home. And that has led to at least two of our global clients sending their teams to replicate what we've done in their offices. Um, Some of them have gone to ABW, some Mm. of them have gone to sort of a more what I call a hybrid between sort of neighbourhoods and, and ABW. Mm. But I, th- I think the space has created that energy and, and congratulations to the whole team who brought us on that journey. Yeah. Even recent additions like you talk about wellness, uh, we've created this pretty rustic, cool area called the yard, which yeah. is probably an extension of the farmyard. right retreat we did some years ago where we took the whole national team out to a farm and mm, beautiful. and did some team building stuff yeah. and then we sort of brought that theme back into many of the the things that you see in our, our business. So yeah, yesterday we had a, a listed investor presentation for four hours. It's yeah. amazing that they sat around for four hours. Yeah, it's great. Um, but they're in this yard environment mm. with you know, farm tools and things like that that, mm-hmm. you know, sort of create a, a different uh, image. And as one of them said to me, it was you get a feel that you're trying to create a wellness yeah. and a, a want-to-be-here environment yes. yep. for your people. And I said, yes, uh, after I write the cheque for 900000 to <laughs> pay for it, I feel very well about it. So. Good, terrific. <laughs> Maybe not mental health, no, but sure, no, great. Exactly. The yard is a really interesting space and you've got a lot of interesting kind of breakout spaces mm. and I can see how it contributes both to engagement and inclusivity and some mm. creative thinking. You guys have been very progressive in your family-friendly nature of the workspaces yep. too. Is it the yard where you have um, kids come in sometimes during school holidays? Yep, I don't know whether the building owner, being us, uh, permits it, but we have lambs and goats and, you know, the, the farm yard sort of novelties that you see out at a normal show. That's great. Uh, they're during the holidays and we employ people to look after the kids. Yeah. Obviously, they're qualified and it, it just creates an environment for the parents and, yeah. and, and we have 
both dads and mums yeah. coming in with their, their kids during school holidays. And it's just a bit of a fun environment. It's obviously a challenge for particularly parents with young kids yeah. uh, during yeah. school. God, even with teenagers, it's a challenge yes, at school absolutely. trying to work out what they're doing during school yeah, holidays. Absolutely. But, um, so, yeah, I think it's just sort of one of those extensions of, you know, what we're trying to achieve. But it's, I guess it's a whole series of things. I think you have to create your own set of initiatives to mould it into your company's version of yeah. workplace engagement. So yeah, drives the culture, doesn't it? Yeah, so we have this thing called dish-ups where, right. you know, we every month everyone nominates someone for a dish-up, which is right. basically a shout-out for something, you know. So Amanda might have done something fantastic over and above her yeah. normal business as usual. Yeah. Uh, her colleague would nominate her for a dish-up. We then announce all the nominations and then we have a judging panel and it's a big deal every year for the winners of the dish-up. So it's it's not a reward program, it's yeah. an acknowledgement program yeah, for your peers performance, yeah. calling it out. That's and, beautiful. Um, you know, that's worked. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a one of our founders, Cedric Fuchs, who's still part-time with us, uh, said's in his 70s. Yeah. We have the Cedric Fuchs Essentially Innovation Scholarship where yeah, everyone can come up with the latest and greatest innovative idea, mm. Exco uh, opines on them. I think we have quarterly winners and then we have an annual mm, winner and they all... They get money, but they get money to invest in their idea yeah, that great. might create some sort of uh, efficiency, new way of doing things, yeah. obviously somehow related to what we're doing. I think one of the funniest uh, winners was we had two of our youngish female executives in yeah. industrial, which yeah. is not really a... It's a bit of a blokey female, sector. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they came up with this idea for sheds, right. um, and it was sort of around solar innovation in mm. sheds and, mm. you know, so that obviously created a lot of interest. I a, bet. it's generally called a sort of pretty boring sector, industrial, but mm. it sort of created some innovation. And so it's a bit of fun, but there's also yeah, been great. some some pretty um, interesting things that have come out of it. And yeah, we're, cool. we're just about to evolve that into more of a Shark Tank style. Fantastic. Where the, exactly the same thing, the people yeah. come up with ideas and we might have more of a Shark Tank panel with some Mexico and or, you know, independent experts yeah. to um, help sculpture in that. a polite way. Yeah, fantastic. What, what ideas are really good and what yeah, ideas yeah. should actually go into yeah, the trash. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great. So. And with the solar, if we look at energy prices, mm-hmm. which have gone up enormously mm-hmm. most recently, mm-hmm. how's Charter Hall tackling that? It's an interesting one. We've had a lot of recent debate about it because our new group CFO, Russell Prout's yeah. ex-Brookfield. Yeah. And Brookfield are probably one of the, the biggest global mm. real asset managers, but they've got a lot in renewables as yeah. well. And renewable energy is almost emerging as its own asset class. Yeah, as I can see that. As we've yep. seen sort of infrastructure and private equity over mm. the last 20 years. Mm. Solar and wind clearly are the most obvious, mm. I guess, alternatives that work in Australia. We've got a lot of sun and we've got, got a lot, lot of, of wind. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think the jury's out on how long it's going to take for wind to yeah. be economically competitive the with, with, with coal-fired yeah. energy. And yeah. But we 
If I think about our portfolio, mm. we've got something like three and a half million square metres of industrial floor space. Yeah. And that means it's three and a half million square metres of roof space. That's exactly right. It's a big opportunity. Same with 75-odd shopping centres. And um, and I think there's some further innovation that's going to come out of harnessing the power that's generated even in vertical accommodation like large Mm. office buildings. There's some interesting things I'm starting to hear about recycling energy Mm. That is being driven, for example, by the movement of lifts every day. Yeah, kinetic kind of energy, absolutely. And solar facades, you're looking at that kind of stuff as well, David? Yep. I guess we're open, and and because we're not a build and flick developer, we're a a build and hold long-term owner of high-quality real estate, Mm. we're prepared to put the, and our investors are prepared to put the investment up front Mm. to get a... A building that's going to be more sustainable in the future, yeah. even if it's going to be a longer payback than we expect, because yeah. we all know it's just a matter of time that's before right. we see a, yeah, a, a real shift of the supply of power and, yeah. and energy coming from renewables versus yeah, sort of traditional fossil fuels. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, it's exciting space. Obviously, it's been announced recently that we've started looking at the infrastructure space, and a lot of infrastructure, you know, includes energy, Has to. both traditional and, and renewable. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's something that we will continue to be pretty focused on. You know, with, with the one caveat is people need to be confident there's an eventual payback. Absolutely, you've got to look at the yields. And I mean, you can see that that yield is improving year on year, as you say, as the cost of solar comes down, the increase in energy prices Mm. goes up. It's a a great opportunity sitting there for clever investors. And I I think ultimately, it's not really reflected by value as yet, or the sales evidence, but I think ultimately what you may find is the greener buildings just have a deeper pool of investor demand than the not-so-green buildings. And as we've seen with, I've been doing this a long time, as we've seen with the evolution of neighbours ratings, mm. you know, lead in the US, yep. uh, now we've got wellness ratings. I, I think it's just, it'll become part of the psyche. Yes. Corporate tenants and government tenants are going to demand it. Yeah, they do, don't And they? we're just going to need to be on the front foot so that you're designing it into your projects before you even engage with your tenants yep. rather than having to respond to the tenants saying, well, how come do you, you don't have, have this? Yeah. yeah. And the wellness initiatives is interesting. I find that a fascinating kind of shift in this sustainability space, that it's now that more holistic approach. Mm. You guys do a great job at internally. Is it something that you're doing for your tenant customers as well? We're right in the middle yeah. of a major pre-lease at the moment and debating with the tenant and the tenant rep the provision of wellness ratings as a requirement in yeah. the lease. Isn't that amazing? Um, everyone agrees it's early days. It and really it's, is. And it's a pretty difficult thing to lock into a contract now Mm. when that whole wellness rating system is going to evolve so much in the next five years. So I think where we'll get to in the next few years is most people will use words like best endeavours to adopt as high a wellness rating Mm. or or equivalent as possible. But will it be sort of locked and loaded into a requirement like neighbours rating Mm. is? Mm. Mm, I'm not Not sure. sure yet. But it, it's a you know hot topic, and once again, you're coming back to our workspace. I can't tell you how many times we've negotiated with tenants mm. and just said, "Go and have a look at our space." Yeah. 
or yeah. in the in the form of you know you talk about end of trip facilities. Yeah. There's no substitute for showing them first class end of trip facilities yeah. as opposed to some mediocre thing, thing that's on a set of plans. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's really helped us recently because we we've built some oh, like I call them five star hotel type facilities. Yeah. And I guess that's just the trend. Everyone like in our business. We see it as a battle for capital. Yeah, you know, trying to be more attractive to our investors than our competitors. And I think in the workplace, particularly mm. in office, it's a battle for tenants and yeah, the, and the the owners of real estate that don't realise they've got a battle on their hands are going to fall behind the wayside. Mm. So, um, and you know, you can sit back and go, "Oh no, it's all about rent." I, I'm not sure that thinking is going to last. I, th- I totally agree with you. And the, the tenant customer audience is more sophisticated these days. You know, it, the requests and requirements for issues like wellness will increase. Mm. What else will come? You're right. Part of the reason why the tenant requirements have become more sophisticated is in the last 20 years, mm. we've almost gone from 5 to 10% of tenants being represented by tenant reps to mm. 95%. Yeah, so it's a big shift. So they've now got professional advice other than you know what they traditionally had with architects etc etc and that I think is sort of creating a a higher bar Mm. of Mm. sophistication yeah there's there's a cost to it because ultimately you know whichever way you look at it the tenants paying for that cost as a discount on their incentive Um, and I think you're starting to see probably in the only in the last few years a real penetration of tenant reps in the industrial market which yeah. had traditionally been almost devoid of them other than maybe major multinationals yeah yeah that's and a fascinating shift i think there we don't see a lot of tenant reps in the retail world yeah. i think most major certainly multi-chain retailers have got their own experts mm. so i think that's what's driving sophistication i think the other thing as i joke with my head of people is HR has mm. established a a power in most corporates that it hasn't had in my career. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, why is that? Do you think? Look, I think there's more broadly a, as I discussed with with Charter Hall, there's more broadly an acknowledgement that in most organisations your people are your biggest asset. Therefore, you need to to war for talent. Yeah, you talk about all the tech giants. They talk, you know the the Atlassian guys and whatever, yeah. they all talk about the, the war for talent. And I think most of us would like to get the elite talent in each category. Yeah. And in order to do that, if you're a corporate, you're very focused on the workplace. Yeah. And I think the it's not just the physical workplace, it's some of the acknowledgement programs I yeah. talked about earlier. Yeah. It's career path development, mm. executive rotation, all the things that sound logical, but very few corporates are good at. Yeah, they're, absolutely. They're actually pretty lazy at yeah. forcing people to think outside the square and mm. say, you know, well, maybe if we give you time here, here and here, mm. that will expand your your skills. Um, and I've found both older and younger generation yeah. managers mm. are still reluctant to lose their people. So they're not as... Yeah great facilitators of that executive rotation as they should be yeah, because right. they're worried 
It's it's NIMBYism. It's yeah, like not in my off. backyard. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. I've, I've spent five years training this. I don't want to uh, hand them over. You know, executive, and and I actually think we're failing our people mm. if we don't not force them, but give them every opportunity yeah. to jump at rotation. Yeah, we've had some fantastic, successful rotations in recent times. Mm. You know, and, and and it's difficult, particularly for some of our female executives. It's yeah. hard to get them to really embrace having the confidence to do it. Yeah, and they're the ones that I think we've got to work hard on yeah. so that they become multi-skilled and, and we can grow their Progress career paths. Yeah. So, um, well, look, I think it's the focus on people and the focus on engagement is really impressive mm-hmm. and a strength of Charter Hall. And I think you're right. I think a lot of organisations are lazy in that space and it's to their detriment. Um, David, thank you for your time. It's been delightful for no, me. No problem and appreciate the opportunity.